0: Hello and welcome to the first ever episode of On The Outskirts. Hosted by me, Sophia Rosemary and Alice Catherine. We're both bloggers living and working in the heart of Manchester and this podcast is inspired by living on the outskirts of the London blogging bubble. So I
1: guess we should probably explain the concept of On The Outskirts and why we decided it's something we want to talk about do you want to say or I? <laughs> um, Living on the outskirts, I don't think we we saw it as, it's not a negative thing, like we both love living in Manchester and it's not that we feel removed from, you know, yeah. London and uh, like the blogging fair.
0: Yeah, I think it's something we've, we've both chosen to do um, and we both love Manchester and we're both um, from quite small towns, villages I would yeah. say, so... Um, as much as we've loved London for work and stuff, um, this is where our kind of homes are. Our height. Yeah. Um but yeah, we just wanted to clear that up that it's not a negative thing, like a kind of woe is me, we don't live um, in London Yeah, we just thought it would be an interesting perspective to come from.
1: Yeah, and then we also thought the idea of being on the outskirts was quite an interesting uh, conversation starter because I think there's so many topics um, out there at the minute that uh, we can sometimes feel a bit alienated from and, you know, feel like we don't really have a voice in. So we thought we could use the subjects of On the Outskirts to discuss loads of different subjects.
0: Um... So, we're recording this on International Women's Day, which is nice. Yay! Um, but yeah, we sent you guys, um, well, we put a call out on Instagram uh, for questions, because uh, we thought it would be nice to start off with just a little Q&A, so you guys can get to know us a bit more, um, and then we can also kind of gauge your feedback, what kind of topics you think are going to be interesting going forward.
1: Um, mm.
0: So, should we start off with some of the questions? Yeah, let's just, like, go straight into it. Oh, I thought a good one to start with, actually. A lot of people were asking, how did we meet? Um,
1: yeah, I, I never realised until we put the questions out there how many of you are actually quite curious about Ryan and Alice's friendship. But I guess when you're only seeing it off on the Instagram side of things, yeah. you don't
0: know the full story. So And, and it's we quite nice. Yeah, and we don't post a lot about it online, actually. I mean, we always say this, like, when we're together, we just... We just end up talking, and we don't. I guess it's kind of our time to talk about work and all those kind of things, and we don't really go on our phones that much when we're together. No,
1: um, and it's not like we proclaim our undying love for each other on social media. No, maybe we should do we that should more. Do it
0: more yeah. <laughs> um, people are like it's for the money.
1: <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it is quite lovely how we met, though, because and I guess it kind of shows the positive side of social media because we met and kind of figured out that each other probably really like minded
0: well we used to get do you remember? we used to get tagged in each other's pictures on instagram so that was kind of how we i I first discovered you should we say um and then i can't remember if i probably messaged you first because i'm a weirdo (laughs)
1: love me (laughs) um are we related (laughs) yeah actually when i put the call out for the question I was going to put a disclaimer saying please don't ask if we're related <laughs> because I knew those that question was going to roll in and that's, it did.
0: That's the second episode is the DNA test. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah uh, we used to get tagged in each other's pictures and then I think there was a point where we were just like you know what we're both doing a similar thing in the same city let's meet up um because obviously a lot of the bloggers we followed then were in London Um and yeah, we met up and just kind of hit it off. Since then we went to a lot of the same events, we worked on a lot of similar jobs with the same brands, we've been on quite a few trips together, um, that have always <laughs> that always seem to be quite... Um, comical? comical. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We've had like quite a lot of bonding experiences, I feel like, <laughs> a lot of trips that have gone wrong, or timings for things <laughs> that have gone wrong, yeah. Um, So, yeah, it's it's surprising that we're doing a podcast together. (laughs) Yeah, because
1: God knows how this
0: is going to turn out. But
1: here we are. Um, No, and it's nice as well because I think we both kind of started blogging at the same time. Um, So we've kind of gone through this, like, blogging journey together. And it's just nice to have someone in Manchester who's kind of got your back. Yeah. So, like, we'll communicate so much with each other about, you know... Jobs or trips or whatever, and it's just it's kind of nice because in a way, I guess you're the blogging equivalent of a colleague.
0: Yeah, I guess so. Kind of like a a work wife. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Work wife. Yeah. Yeah. No, hundred percent. It's definitely nice to have someone, especially because in my circle of friends and stuff, like my job is very different and I guess quite unique. So even with family members and stuff, I don't find that they. I can kind of offload stuff to them, but they don't always get it or know what yes. to say, um, nor do I expect them to. Um, so it's nice to have someone in the industry that you're close to. And it's not all about kind of fees and discussing things like that. It's just discussing
1: the daily ins and
0: outs. Yeah, and, yeah. and just like the things that are tough and yeah, all that kind of jazz. Okay. Um, somebody asked, um, how do you keep your styles different? I'm not sure if that means, like, how do we... From each other. Yeah, I'm guessing they might mean because we like a lot of the same slash similar things. How do we differentiate our styles?
1: I mean, it is a weird one, isn't it? Because I think in some ways we're quite similar, but then we're just totally different. different. I don't think it's something we consciously do. I think it's, like, our own personal style. It's quite nice, though, because we're always exchanging things that we've seen that the other one will like.
0: Yeah. I feel like um, everything kind of stems around, I guess, the haircut and the fringe, I guess. So we, 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 yes. we've we both got that, both of our style inspirations are very rooted in the 60s and 70s and that kind of, all those vintage icons that we love, like Jane Birkin and, you know, Bowie and yeah. everybody like that, that we've got very similar tastes in that sense, but we kind of take different things from each era. So I'd say, you know, you're really good at doing, like, bright patterns well, um, and, you know, like, you've got a rainbow striped jumper on today, and I've got a plain brown <laughs> neutral one. <laughs> so, yeah, I'd, I'd definitely say we're both vintage-inspired, but kind of meet somewhere in the middle. Yeah, I would agree with like, that. Yeah, we've got a lot of the same pieces as well, actually. Yeah. Um, Do you know what's nice about that, though? Because you
1: see how someone styles the same piece differently. Definitely, yeah. Um, it kind of, like, the item isn't wearing goes we're wearing the item. So, yeah. So that's kind of nice to see. Speaking of um, eras, actually one of the questions which I'm trying to find now was kind of a juicy one about what's the era that has inspired us the most. I can't find it now. She worded it in a really great way as well.
0: Which era would you choose?
1: It's a tough (laughs) one. It's weird because I think when I was like early 20s, I'd have definitely said the 60s. And it's weird. It feels like as I've grown up, I've also gone into the next era so yeah. i would now probably say 70s but it's like a mixed. I think my heart will always lie with the 60s yeah and
0: um,
1: because a lot of the music I listen to is you know like Bob Dylan the Beatles huge George Harrison fan and so they're kind of like the core inspirations for me
0: yeah
1: and um, but then there's something about the 60s aesthetic that is just really addictive and aesthetically pleasing to me yeah what would you say? I can
0: always tell when I've been obsessed with the 60s or which era by looking back at photos as well. Yeah. I've always like really overdone it. Yeah. <laughs> Almost like a costume. It yeah. ends up looking a bit like a costume, yeah. Yeah, it's weird. I, I think definitely the 60s. I think Jane Birkin was the first person that I ever really Googled pictures of like frantically and was just became obsessed how everything was kind of built around vintage denim and a nice white blouse and a basket bag. Um, And then once I had those pieces, I kind of started looking for other people Mm -hmm. and and I got really obsessed with them. Anna Karina, she was like the reason I cut my fringe back in and I used to have super, super dark hair like her. Um, So yeah, I think I just get obsessed with different people all the time. I can be watching a new TV show and get obsessed with somebody new. Um, I actually, weirdly love all the 80s arrival at the minute just all the earrings and like the crazy um sleeves on everything um yeah
1: like the pie crust blouses (coughs) with yeah there's something really like bougie about it but like in the completely right way (laughs) um doesn't always
0: work for Manchester but
1: (laughs) yeah no I know definitely not (laughs) um but yeah and I think the thing is with Jane Birkin as well is she's very timeless yeah so there's something about her style which is completely transferable into 2019, Definitely. whereas like some of the icons of the 60s are more like, I think if you are inspired by them, they're a bit more fancy dress.
0: Yeah, like you need to be on somebody's tour bus really to, to get away with it. <laughs>
1: yeah, like a yes. Penny Lane type character. Yeah, I know what you mean. Um, So I had a question which is again on styling. What do you do when you're in a shopping raw and you don't like anything that the stores carry? Which I actually wanted to bring up this question because I guess it's on the hot topic of sustainability. And sort of like being able to actually re-wear what's in your wardrobe, which is close to my heart. And I think yours as well.
0: Definitely. Um, I guess I'm lucky in the sense that, um, well, we both are, in that we love vintage shopping. And we've both been big charity yeah. shoppers um, whilst we're at uni things like that. Um, so I've always found that kind of love in treasure hunting, which I think is half the battle. Um, I can totally understand why people are completely put off by vintage shops. Um, you know, because it's hard work. Yeah, it is hard work. Sometimes you have to get things tailored. They'll, they might have holes in. They almost definitely smell um, questionable. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you know, I can understand. I was about to say <laughs> Someone might have died in them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just reminds me of. Anyone died, that so? I took it. <laughs> yeah um it's tough work it, it is hard work but i think it's a hobby for both of us Um it's almost a bit like it's addictive as well like it's a labor of love yeah when you find something amazing mm. and you just like i'll wear this forever
1: they're like so unique like it's yeah. priceless like no one else will have this
0: yeah and if
1: they do it's like Hugely coincidental yeah. that they found the same piece. There is something about finding a beautiful item in a vintage shop that is just like a little bit sacred.
0: It's funny though because when you really get into vintage shopping and stuff, you start noticing silhouettes that other brands have clearly, you know, ripped yeah. off and taken and you're like, wow, this is exactly the same as this blouse that I saw. Hang and on, on like, a yeah. minute. Yeah. So, you know, everything comes back around eventually, I think. And um I always say to people, um, If you found a blouse or a specific cut of trousers or, you know, a bag that you're obsessed with but it's a bit out of your price range, always look on, you know, Etsy and eBay and your local vintage shops because there's a likelihood that you can find it for... A fraction of the price.
1: Completely. And I think, I don't know if if this is how you vintage shop, but I've already kind of got ideas of like items I want, like just off the top of my head, like a broider on glazed blouse. And then it's like going into the shops and sort of homing in and keeping an eye out for those pieces.
0: Because they're never the same No, (laughs) they're not
1: at all. And I think it is, like I've said before, like it is a labour of love. Like I think you're not just going to go into your local vintage shop and find the perfect tea dress or the perfect whimsical blouse, like, you have to sort of, like, keep an open mind, and I think a lot of the vintage items that I have in my wardrobe, I do rewear a lot, like, I've got items that I found when I was 19, that I've got now, but I just style them differently, Yeah. and I think it is, I mean, being in a shopping rut is kind of rubbish, because I think it makes you feel a bit, sometimes it, there's there's a lot to be said for a new dress. Like, it does make you feel great. It makes you feel special. When
0: you say shopping rut, do you mean, like, you don't know what to buy?
1: I think or that's, like a, yeah.
0: Rut or like a... I
1: think it's like when there's nothing in the shops at the minute that right. will so that inspires you. Right, so you're
0: new, but you can't. Yeah. yeah.
1: Which, do you know what? I find I'm in that rut a lot, and that's when you kind of reignite the love affair with your own wardrobe.
0: I think it's a lot to do with Instagram as well, actually, because sometimes you'll buy something and then before you've even worn it, you've seen 10 people wearing it. And sometimes that can be a bit like, oh, because I think everybody wants to feel like when you buy something, you're the only person that's going to wear it. And it's special, especially if you're only buying pieces um, every couple of months or something. Um, you're not somebody that's buying clothes a lot. You want to feel like that piece is just for you, don't you really? Yeah, and you
1: know? worthwhile. And So I think
0: that's where vintage and... Um, second hand definitely is more rewarding
1: and I think as well it's always great to buy in the staples I get so much joy out of a good classic white tee yeah like and and a stonewashed jean yeah like that is an outfit which will never grow old never know so I think yeah it's definitely I think in terms of shopping ruts I think it's just thinking outside the box shopping vintage and then just making sure that you've got those classic pieces in as well
0: um this one says is it difficult to avoid jealousy between the two of you despite working in the same industry having the same job Ah, oh, so difficult <laughs> <laughs> yeah we actually hate each other <laughs> yeah, this is a lie i'd i i do not know like you'd think you know that obviously like girls can get jealous just as anybody can get mm-hmm. jealous and you'd think that um because we do a lot of the same similar kind of content with similar brands and stuff um, that it would be an issue but really it's never it's never even come it's up. Never co- literally
1: know? has never even entered my mind.
0: No. I think because we do a lot of the time we're, we're booked on the same jobs almost so yeah we do it from our own different angles and then we're just happy to kind of discuss the details and be like oh what are you going to do for this or what piece are you going to buy and I don't think we've ever worn the same outfit really from the same brand without even navigating it have we so no we've always
1: just sort of like championed each other on which is amazing and I do think like without getting too serious because maybe this is a topic in itself but I think you know we have to be honest and say that I think as girls we're sometimes preconditioned to be competing with one another um when actually I think one of the wonderful things about social media now is that actually we end up championing each other on like, I mean, today with International Women's Day, you know, it almost feels like we're all united and we're all kind of like in this together. And I think that's how we've always, that's the mentality we've always had with each other. Like, yeah. we kind of champion each other rather than compete with one another because that's so counterproductive in the grand scheme of things. Like,
0: Yeah, and and I think with this industry in particular, nobody, no single person's career looks the same. So, you know, you can't really look at somebody else's career and think, why are they doing this? How come they've got that? Because everybody starts at different stages. Everybody has different followings. Everybody has different audiences, yeah. different styles, different tone of voices. Um, everybody has something unique to bring to blogging, I think. Um, no, it's just, I think as we've, we've just had such a, an organic friendship from the beginning, it's, it, there's never any, been any nastiness or competition or anything like that. It's never yeah. felt like a hardship. No, no drama here. <laughs> no, yeah, not at all. Actually quite boring.
1: Um, no, and it's true. I think with blogging as well, I always say you're your own niche. So your personal style, your, your character, you know, your taste, your likes, whatever, they're all personal to you. So there's room for everyone. So. Yeah, there really is. Um, I've got quite a cute question. Go on. Hit me. <laughs> uh, hit me up. Where and what is your happy place?
0: Oh, I'm just thinking of the series now.
1: Yeah, I know as soon as I said it,
0: I was Um, like, thinking the same. It makes me sound like such a grandma, but probably just like at home when I know that I've got nothing to do that evening um, and I can just chill out and just take that time just for myself, like just to watch a series or read a book or like ring a friend. Just, I think when I just know I've got an evening of like nothing, I get, it's more like a feeling than a place, do you know what I mean? Mine's similar. Mine is... With the whip. <laughs>
1: <I mean, laughs> yeah, yes. just mine's similar, but he involves my puppy, Pet. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, Pet is definitely my happy place, but I really like going into town on my own when I've not really got that much to do
0: yeah.
1: and grabbing a coffee, normally in an Ezra and Gil, in a window seat and people watching.
0: Yeah, that's With nice a
1: coffee thing. and a granola. Yeah.
0: I like that. I think it's it's nice to be able to sit by yourself. and It seems like such an obvious thing, doesn't it? Like, that we should all be able to do that. But there's so many, I know so many people who can't do that. Yeah, no, who, like, won't even get on a train by themselves. Yeah. Whereas, like, again, that's... Actually, <laughs> well, you me. are a bit like that. But that is actually because
1: of my anxiety. <laughs> um, yeah, do you know what? Actually, another one of my happy places, a long train journey
0: yeah. on your own, like yeah, with a book. Yeah, yeah. I like that as well. Because you're kind of forced into just... Especially because the Wi-Fi is so dire on the (laughs) virgin trains as well you're forced to just do something like like yourself. think yeah to like yourself (laughs) yeah yeah um I've got one thoughts on loneliness in blogging I find working from home so lonely
1: good question
0: really good question um yeah I I think freelancing in, in general can be very lonely especially if I mean I know a lot of people go to um they have desk space somewhere, so they'll share an office. That's a good way of, like, combating it. But if you are more productive when you're at home by yourself, I think, like I am, I don't know if that's the same for you, Yeah.
1: Um,
0: it can get really lonely. And I think the hardest part about being a freelancer is that you're in charge of your own time and you have to structure your time to be productive and to work for you. And, you know, that changes for everybody across the board. People, I know people that will get up at 10, some people that get up at 6, and then they work out and they come back and do work, like... I think you've just got to find something that works for you and that stops your mind kind of wandering to that place of overthinking. I'm
1: completely on my own. Yeah, I'm on
0: my own. Nothing I'm doing is good.
1: There's nothing worse than that feeling of like, drowning a bit like you know when you're like when you do it on your own like yeah. I did it for ages like I didn't leave my job up until the very last point that it was like breaking point basically of I literally can't do both yeah because it was stepping into that unknown and it's like you're your own boss and it's it is a really it it's a really daunting um feeling but it's also really empowering as well and I think being your own boss is there's a lot of joy to it
0: yeah I I think you know for all the bad things that go along with freelancing uh, there's so many perks Um, I I do think you have to be quite motivated in in the sense of building a social life that works around your work and making sure you've got that balance because I know when I first started I would just sit and work (laughs) till midnight and I was working ridiculous hours because I felt so guilty because I was like nobody's here to tell me you've done enough today you can stop now so I would just work and work and work, and yeah, then still yeah. feel shit and unfulfilled. Um, so I think you know, go into things like events or spaces where there's people are doing a similar thing to you, where you can network. Um, all those kind of things are really important. Just coffee meetups, yeah. You know, you know, like how we do sometimes, how we'll meet up and do something, have a lunch, so it breaks the day up. Mm-hmm. Things like that. Are, um,
1: have a mother's meeting, yeah. just like sort of. You take the edge off. Yeah, definitely. And yeah, I think it is about putting in your own structure to the day today as well, so that you don't feel like you're a bit lost in what you're doing. Like, even working freelance, I'm still waking up every day at like six, seven o'clock in the morning, just so it kind of gives you that get up and go. Um, And I kind of set myself one big task to do a day. So there's always something there. And it is, I think if you are feeling antsy, it's about getting out and just like, have a break. Like, go, you know, there is life outside of freelancing or working from home. Mm-hmm. Um.
0: So yeah, I think it's all about... I think being strict with yourself as well, because sometimes you don't, well, you obviously if you freelance, you don't have that person over your shoulder that's like telling you what to do. I think trying to be strict with yourself and put boundaries in place, like something I try and do at the minute is not look at my phone. First thing in the morning and in the evenings because I know if I do that it just tips me over to that bad place where I'm like everybody else is posting blog posts I've not even got up and brushed my teeth yet and you just start feeling this dooming this kind of dooming inadequacy and you've not it's not even nine am yet so yeah. I think I think that's important as well
1: actually really um, on brand topic for on, on the outskirts really isn't it yeah Cause that is kind of the whole the whole point of what we're doing is that. We all do get those feelings of feeling left out and like, you know, feeling lonely.
0: Yeah. And I suppose it's to kind of show that, you know, when we're not just the Instagram feed as well, because I get sucked into thinking that other people have perfect lives and stuff and nobody does. um...
1: Oh my gosh. I was told a very good tip the other day, because I was talking about comparison on Instagram and about how it's really easy to get caught in the whirlwind of looking what other people are doing. But fundamentally that ends up being completely counterproductive because you're only seeing people's edited lives and you're kind of only looking for trouble, really. You're, you're basically looking at other people's lives to see how much better they are than yours. Yeah. Apparently when you feel that, you know, that kind of feeling of inadequacy, go back and compare yourself to your own feed.
0: Yeah, do you know what? It, I, I do that sometimes. It, yeah,
1: like... and it is. It's like, look how far you've come, look how much you've yeah, done. That
0: makes me sound like I'm obsessed with myself. <laughs> like, absolutely. <Astleon. laughs> yeah. Scrolling, on <laughs>
1: yeah, I'm so great right yeah. now. But,
0: but you yeah, know when you just go back I and to know. look through, like you scroll through a holiday or something, and you think, "God, I wasn't feeling very good that holiday," but my pictures look all right now that I look back <laughs> on them. You know when you just like I'm it's weird radiant. Yeah. Yeah. No, it is well. true because
1: no, it does. Uh, even on you're right though. Even like when you have a really crappy experience, you're never putting that on your Instagram. You're putting the nice bits.
0: No, you cheat yourself almost in a way. Yeah. Don't you? it's like you can't always just be kind of authentic for the sake of being authentic like you you're not gonna smile in every single picture you're not gonna be sad when you're feeling sad in every single picture because i don't know it's not really productive is it no but yeah um well i've got quite quite an interesting one and it says if you guys could change one thing about your blogging decisions what would they be oh um what would i change about my
1: blogging decisions well like your
0: blogging journey is there anything that you would
1: I think I I feel like I reached like an epiphany this year where I've stopped caring about my Instagram feed as much in that, like, I'll post when I really like something and I've got something to say. Whereas I think I reached a point where you get caught in that trap of feeling that like you need to post every day, even if it's not really relevant. And sometimes I post things and think, hmm, don't really have anything to say here. Yeah. Um. And so I think it's about I'd probably just learn to let go a little bit and just kind of not get not get lost or caught up too much in the pressures of social media, which sounds a bit obvious, I know.
0: Yeah. Sometimes you feel like you're just kind of fighting against the current, which is the algorithm, and it just becomes forced almost. Like you, yeah. it becomes very rigid. Like I've got to post at six p.m. and I've got to post at twelve. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think I've definitely tried to stop overthinking Instagram too much, but yeah, I go through stages, I think. Normally coincides with like the arrival of my period, and I'm just
1: like, <laughs> I'm so hormonal right now, yeah. I don't know what's going on. No, it is, it's true, I think it kind of goes hand in hand with having down days, doesn't it? Yeah. Because you immediately, I think it's the easiest Everything's thing. bad
0: when you feel bad, isn't it? For sure, yeah,
1: yeah definitely. Um, and then you'll have a week where you're like, I'm feeling so good about like my content, and yeah. what I'm wearing, and what I'm doing, and... It's like there's no rhyme or reason to yeah. why you feel either way.
0: I think I'm, um, in general, starting to, now that I'm getting to my mid-twenties, to to worry less but to do more um, in terms of kind of trying to stop overthinking but also putting myself into situations that make me feel anxious, like I definitely don't want to do them because most of the time I find that they're the ones that make me they open my mind up a bit more, and I'm like, ah, that wasn't so bad, so maybe I could do this, and,
1: um,
0: Yeah. yeah. I agree. Do
1: you find as well that, um you've kind of, with blogging, you really toughen up and learn to be more of a no person. Yeah. I think when you first start, you almost want to appease every brand that um, approaches you or you kind of want to, you almost feel a little bit trapped to slightly conform. And then I think you you soon get into the rhythm of things and realise, no, I'm going to stand up for myself a bit. I'm going to understand what my value is, what my content's value is.
0: It's, yeah. I think I think a lot of it, it comes from, you know, it's such a female dominated industry as well. And I think... A lot of brands are aware of that, um, and I think sometimes saying no as a woman makes you look like a bitch, or true, it makes you look difficult, yeah. or um, that you think too much of yourself. Um, and it's definitely something that I've learned is you know you can you more within well within your rights to just politely decline anyone. <laughs> yeah, and <laughs> um, it's not necessarily you know sometimes
1: I'll dec- I'll decline a brand uh, because the you know particular campaign or whatever doesn't doesn't really speak to me but that doesn't mean that it's that relationship is you know just needs to stop dead there it's just yeah. you need to pick what's right for you
0: yeah and I think it's just it's it's just about knowing your worth as well and what you've got to offer and I think um any freelancer will know what it's like when someone you feel like someone's trying to take advantage of you a bit and you're fighting for your corner um but I think it, you just definitely it's practice 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 you get yeah. used to it um, we've gone off on a tangent now. I feel like. We
1: have. I don't even know how many questions we've done. Should just keep going.
0: Yeah, go on.
1: Okay, I've got quite a good one. Going back ten years, what did you think was your dream job, and now is this your dream job?
0: Dun, dun, dun. Ten years. Um, so sixteen.
1: So I can't yeah. even
0: remember what I was doing at sixteen. I just, I'd like to say that I was in education. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like um, actually legally you were
1: supposed um, <laughs> to. I desperately just always wanted to work in fashion. Um, And it was like, I was like a typical teenager about it where I was like reading Vogue like about five times a month, like the same issue, like just wanted to be immersed in it. And I think even up to going to uni, like I did fashion marketing at uni, and I still didn't really know where my place was going to be. Like I, 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 it, I was sort of going through the motions. Like I desperately want to work in this industry. I'm so consumed in it, and it's all I, all I really knew. But I still didn't really know where my place would be. Sorry, one of my best mates just she's actually saying happy International Women's Day. I love you in capitals. So That's nice, isn't it? Yeah. So yeah, like I'd say my dream job, I would have just told you 10 years ago, very vague in fashion. And to be honest, it's taken me a lot of fumbling around and trying different things to really find my place. So yeah, actually, moral of the story, I think this is my dream job because I feel like I finally found my place.
0: Well, it's so many things in one, isn't it? Really? Yeah. Um, I mean, for me, uh, I've wanted to be at so many different things. A lot of it kind of stemmed around writing. Um, I don't really feel like I had a strong sense of style until I even went to university. I think, and I had a bit more money, um, and I was kind of dipping in and out of charity shops and urban outfits, as you do. Yeah, <laughs> you um, go into your own the own lock-ins, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, and you kind of experiment and come into your own a little bit more. Um, and, yeah, I think I always wanted to do something, um, well, when I was very little, I wanted to be a paramedic, so that's vastly different, um, but I think I always wanted to do something that was creative, and that's kind of the only thing that was leading me, um, I was always good at kind of writing and English literature at school, um, and then I ended up just, just picking English literature as my degree, because it was what I was good at at the time, um, And my mum really wanted me to go to university. She was, like, passionate that I was the first kid that was going to go to uni. So she was like, I really want you to go. Didn't think I was going to get my marks. Um, Got the marks, got into uni. um, And I'm really glad I went. And I I think, I don't think I would change anything about my degree and stuff. um, Because I enjoyed it so much. And I enjoyed my time in Leeds. um, And it's helped me with my my kind of writing today and stuff. Um, It's an experience in itself, isn't it, uni? Yeah. Like, but then I came out and had loads of crappy retail jobs that I hated. Not crappy because they're retail, but crappy because I had horrible bosses, uh, and I was paid like pittance. Um, and retail is obviously really, really hard work as well. Um, I don't think people who work in retail get enough.
1: Credit oh yeah, at all. no, completely. Um, Especially at Christmas time.
0: Jesus, yeah, literally. <laughs> like it,
1: it, it well done to anyone working yeah. in retail. If you don't have a
0: nervous breakdown over the Christmas period, <laughs> yeah, you if like, congratulations. Then, yeah, congratulations. Yeah, congratulations. When did it, you want to be a paramedic? So how I, old were you? When I was younger and I was like, do you remember Casualty? I was <laughs> obsessed with Casualty. It was like a big thing in our house. We'd watch it <laughs> on a Saturday night. And I really wanted to just drive fast in the ambulance. <laughs> such a thrill seeker. <laughs> drive fast in the ambulance and just be at the crime scene where... We, not the crime scene, what's it called? Like the... Yeah, yeah could be a crime scene. Yeah, could, could be, yeah. Well, it could be, yeah. Um the scene of action, um and to help people kind of as it was happening. But no, I definitely... I failed my driving test like five times, so there's that. Um, yeah,
1: cut dead right there, yeah, isn't it? My dream was crushed. I wanted to... <laughs> when I was really little, I wanted to own a cattery. Or well, when I was really, really little, I wanted to be a ballerina, even though I'd never had ballet lessons. I don't feel like you want both of those Oh um, Yeah, I know, <laughs>
0: so desperately. I'm, like, mm.
1: <laughs> I'm still asking the universe for those two things.
0: Um, No, I think... um I don't know if I don't know if I'd say that blogging is my dream job, but it it's definitely something I enjoy and something that I'm passionate about. Um, but then I, I never pictured myself as a blogger. I never no. thought I'm gonna be a blogger. Well, it, didn't ex- it just didn't exist. Yeah, no. and I didn't even know that you could make money. from No, it that you could. You know, like it... I feel like even when I first
1: started blogging, like I was kind of like really miserable in the job I was in at the time, and then. I went to work for a company which I absolutely loved and I was still blogging whilst I did that but I remember being kind of like I don't know what this blogging is like I'm just kind of doing it because I enjoy it and it just kind of I felt a bit lost with it for a while but then it kind of just does happen organically it kind of becomes (coughs) bigger than you in a way like it just
0: yeah I was going to mention actually that um, we kind of did it a different way around to a lot of people in terms of we had our Instagrams that were kind of accidentally taken off almost, yeah. and then we built our blogs off the back of that kind of following and people kind of wanting to read a bit more, I guess. Um, and you know, I think there's only so much you can give away about your, your personality and your thoughts and things yeah. on Instagram, so it, I think it's so important to have a blog and to
1: it was like an extension, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah,
0: um, but yeah, I think in so many ways it's my dream job, um, but I still feel like. I don't know, I'm not naive in thinking maybe there's another job that I might enjoy more and I've just not stumbled across it yet because I never knew how Who much... Who knows, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: The world is our oyster.
0: Yeah. So we we'll watch this space. <laughs> Alice is going to be
1: in an ambulance near <laughs> you. I've got kind of a nice one to end on. I've got two, actually, do you know what? I've got two nice ones.
0: Well, here's a good one, actually. and okay. very fitting for um, the podcast title. Is it possible to have a career in fashion without moving to London at all? I'd like to say yes, it is living breathing examples yeah um 100% I think it is I think London is amazing there's obviously a lot more opportunity down there in terms of you can just nip out on your lunch and you can you know go to meet with brands you can go to events without having to um think about hotel and a two hour train journey um you know so London I'd say for fashion Fashion in London is a lot more accessible, like a fashion sure. career, like yeah. 100%.
1: There's no denying that. There's no denying
0: that, no. Um, and I think I've definitely felt the pressure to move down uh-huh. there. Um, and I've thought, it's definitely something that I've thought about. Um, but for me, I'm just I'm just happier here in terms of the lifestyle and realistically how much things cost. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I 100% think it's possible to have um, a career in fashion without Living in London.
1: Yeah, no, completely. I mean, I remember doing, like, when I was doing fashion in uni, it was like a no-brainer. Like, I think pretty much everyone who did that degree was like... With the with the mindset that they'd move to London afterwards, um, but it never happened for me. Like I did all my intern's in Manchester. Um, I, I, you know, I worked in um, merchandising for years for a few companies within Manchester. So it is possible. I think. I think as well. Like Manchester as a city's grown so much. It's like
0: yeah. there's
1: so much going on here now. It's really. It's really nice to see.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. And I think um, the more people that are deciding to kind of stick here. Um, the more the more comes here. Safety comes in numbers. Here, that's not good. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> oh. um, but yeah, I, I, I definitely think that, um, that things have grown. Yeah. Even just in the few years that we've been doing it, like much more, you know, more brands are willing to come down here now. Yeah. There's a lot more happening in terms of events. Um, but I would say as well that I think you've got to be willing to travel and move around a bit as well. Yeah. And I think that's definitely a big part of what we do.
1: Definitely. And I think there are times when you're a bit like bummed out because you can't go to a certain event yeah. or, yeah. you know, you again, completely on the topic of, of this podcast of feeling like you're on the outskirts. But I think, yeah, it, you've got to be, you've got to be willing to put in the hours traveling um, and putting yourself out there.
0: Um, I think one thing that um, has definitely surprised me is just how many lovely, amazing people there are in the industry and how kind of accepting they've been as well. Yeah. Um, you know, which I think a lot of people might think that blogging is a very, like, which I'm sure it can be, bitchy industry um, and competitive, but we've never really experienced, on the whole, anything but kind of no. nice, genuine people. So,
1: On the subject of International Women's Day as well, Yeah, I think... I, I know it sounds a bit cheesy.
0: <laughs> yeah, like,
1: let's just shout out to all those ladies. Um, I, I do sometimes feel really lucky to work in an industry where there's so many women egging each other on. And yeah. it doesn't matter where you are in the country. I think, you know, um, you can make friends with someone on social media and just know straight away that they're, they're going to be yeah. your kind of person and then you meet them in real life and it's like you've known them forever and it's like and so I, lovely.
0: I weirdly think it's such like the, the work friendships I have and stuff they're so different to my other friendships in terms of you all quite get that like loneliness of freelancing and how hard and how tough yeah. and cut through the industry can be so it almost makes you bond 10 times quicker. Like a sisterhood. It's like a sisterhood yeah. Yeah um, I agree with that. Yeah so for all the kind of negatives there is um there's definitely so, so much positive. A
1: hundred percent. And also, I think there's a lot to be said for social media in making the whole world more accessible to you.
0: Yeah. It gets a bad rep, but um, <laughs> it's, it's done a lot of good. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it can completely alienate people as well, but I think it just depends on how you use it as well. Yeah, it depends. Um, you can
1: see the glass half empty, you can see it half full, I yeah. think. Yeah.
0: You say you had a nice question to finish on.
1: There's two nice questions. Okay, here. do them both. Go on. Okay.
0: Treat, um, treat yourself. Is there anything
1: you would change about being in your teens?
0: Jesus. Other than everything. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Um, don't get
1: my lip pierced.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, you had snake bites, didn't you? Yeah,
1: and it's still, it's still there.
0: I've, mm. there, so, you heard it here first, people. Sophia Rosemary had snake bites. Yes. I feel and... like we need to put a picture somewhere so that people can
1: see. Oh no, there's enough out there. But uh, yeah, good piece of trivia. Mm. I actually have my lip here still, so.
0: still. Um, I think I'd definitely maybe just believe in myself more and oh, yeah. not think that I need to change my body as much as I did because um, there was nothing wrong with me. um and just to kind of enjoy being in the moment, because those teenage years they, they flash by in the blink of an eye.
1: They really do, yeah. and they're the they're the years that you look back on with complete nostalgia. Yeah. So I always think that I would just relish my friends more,
0: relish your friends more, and just being able to just like walk round to your friend's house and just sit there yeah. for two hours and chat and chase after boys less. Oh my God. I was <laughs> going to say it, but I didn't want it to
1: represent badly on teenage me, but stop caring about boys so much. Like yeah. they are not the be-all and end-all to your happiness. Your yeah. friends actually are. Yeah. And I think you suddenly have that epiphany when you're older, don't you? Like
0: Invest in your Yes. Yeah,
1: a hundred percent. I actually found my old teenage diaries when I was moving house.
0: Oh, that could be a whole oh, podcast God.
1: episode. And I just read it back and I was like... I mean I I just kind of wanted to comfort me like mom you don't need Is to be really such sad? an ich. I just was so het up on like drama that didn't exist and boys that were just mean to me yeah. but and it was just kind of like and then in between, I'd, like, say what I've done with my friends. And it's weird because, in hindsight, they're the bits that I remember
0: now. Yeah.
1: You know, like, spending, like, summers, like, just, like, hanging out with, like, your best mates.
0: I think it's just part of growing up, though. I mean, I yeah. think it's cliche. Everybody looks back and says similar, similar things to their younger self. But when you're going through it, it feels like the most important thing in the yeah. world, isn't it? Like, I need to look nice and I need to impress that boy. Yeah. Um, Talking about... The way I spoke about my, my body,
1: I found so... Problematic,
0: yeah.
1: Like I was like fourteen when I was writing one of them, and I'm talking about like how I don't like my body.
0: Like yeah. that's nuts. not that's not development. No, yeah. Like come
1: on, yeah. give it time. Um. So yeah. Okay. Nice one to end on. How would you describe Alice, and how would Alice describe me? Oh God, Ooh. this is a lot of. Um, pressure. I'm not good on the
0: spot. I end up saying so. it's um, <laughs> um, <laughs> um. This is like a real like team building exercise. Okay. Yeah, there's going to be no more episodes of this. <laughs> yeah, I know. Actually, right, go on. Oh, no, it's actually quite
1: cheesy though, isn't it? Um, Alice is extremely caring, like one of the most thoughtful people that I've ever met. Oh,
0: really?
1: I, yeah, <laughs> of course you are. This, this episode is just going to be me and you just bouncing off each other, like feeding <laughs> each other's egos. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I think I I feel lucky to have Alice because like I've said before, like she's made me feel lonely in this doing what I did, like, made me not feel lonely even like, like oh, she's Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> don't hold back, um, yeah, she's just,
0: Woman's Day. <laughs> yeah, like,
1: come on, so... say something good, yeah. um, yeah, no, I think it, it's been nice to have a companion, and I think we've just, like, there's been no ulterior motive, we're just, like, actually friends who support each other, and that's yeah. been I think. Cool.
0: For, I think for you, just cool. I think with you, one of the main things is that I like that you're just straight down the line. Like oh there's gosh. no, there's <laughs> no bullshit. Um, and you've kind of made me come out of my shell a bit more because I see. You doing things, and then I think, oh, I can do that as well because Sophia's doing it, and it's that fine. Is nice. Almost, I don't know, not like a big sister, but then kind of like a big sister as well. Um, not yeah. just because you're older.
1: But- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I am actually. Yeah, in years, I am like a big. I would be a big sister. Yeah. Um. No, yeah, I have definitely got a very, um, in tune bullshit detector, which sometimes very- that frustrates me though. Like I sometimes I think that's my negative as well as positive. You yeah. always know where you stand with me
0: no because i think i can be a bit of a, a bit of a pushover um and I, I don't speak my mind when i should and i think you're better at just being straightforward and then you cut out any of that weird awkward stuff in between where you've got to be like, actually i didn't think that and yeah um i think yeah I, I think you just know yourself which is good um and you're very much like a go-getter in terms of like you speak on Way more panels and things um, that I'd love to do. That I, that's what I want to be better at is just kind of using my voice more. And I yeah. think that's what you're very you're very good at doing. Um, but
1: then that's so weird that you say that because one of the <clears throat> things I would say about you is that you push me to do things that I don't normally do. Like what? Like this. if I meet you, no, for <laughs> example, if I meet you and saying I'm having the most rubbish week. I feel really crap about my content you'll be there like flying out all these ideas
0: like why don't you do this you could do this and I'm like oh god yeah but see that's where my comfort zone lies is like behind the screen typing like
1: yeah you're an extremely creative person and like you'll make a picture like I'll sometimes look at a picture you've taken and be like oh my god how has she made it look that like amazing and I'll take Actually. the same picture, and
0: it's like, they like, yeah, like um, pet
1: pears in the background, like, it just looks a bit lo fi.
0: Your pictures are nice, thanks. Always very colourful and happy. Mine are like the opposite. <laughs> no, yours have a vibe moody, yeah, sultry. <laughs> so um, so I guess we both describe each other as, yeah, we're kind Sensational. of yeah. like opposites <laughs> attract, I guess. Um, yeah, that's true. But then we're similar in a lot of ways as well, aren't we? So, yeah, we are in terms of likes and interests and that kind of thing. Yeah, we've. I think
1: we've both got our priorities quite straight
0: with each other, haven't we? Like we're quite. Yeah, and we're similar in the sense that, you know, we're quite. I wouldn't say we were introvert, but we love. We both can be very social creatures, but then we're very quick to shut ourselves away sometimes as well.
1: Yeah. Um, Yeah.
0: so, Patreon. yeah, we kind of work the same in that way. Like, if we've been on a trip for three days, we both come back and we're just like, right, that's it. We need to like lock up shop you need to for lock like up. a week. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And just kind of recharge ourselves. So, yeah, similar but different, um, which I think is a good recipe for a friendship. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. So, I think that's the end what of was the that? questions then. It was, that our first <laughs> was our first podcast episode. Whoa, okay. <laughs> So yeah, should we wrap it up?
1: Yeah, I guess. Should we mention as well that people need to keep sending in the suggestions or things they'd like us to talk about because that is the aim of the game?
0: Yeah, I mean, it can be anything that makes you feel alienated in some way. I'm, not every episode is going to be a QA and a like this. We'll probably just run with one topic or maybe a couple of topics that interlink per episode. Um, but yeah, send in your suggestions, anything that makes you feel like you're on the outskirts or alienated in some way
1: anything and everything as well
0: yeah anything and everything it can be the smallest thing or the most serious thing um
1: and obviously yeah, we'll egg the topics on won't we with each yeah day. it might be something that we want to talk about but it might um stem on to something else so
0: i hope everyone's I... enjoyed this i know yeah i hope people are still awake and not sleeping <laughs> yeah if anything you can use although it that's hot... yeah it <laughs> has a purpose yeah um Thank you for listening. Yeah, thank you for listening and we'll see you in the next one. Bye. Bye.